Hi TJs, it is Joe here. I'm with Dean. Dean, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Morning Joe. Uh, I'm Dean. Uh, I'm founder and CEO of Tripad. And Tripad is a technology platform in the HR and talent acquisition space. And we work with some global brands such as the BBC, Tesco's, KFC, the REF, and many, many more. Oh, places I've never heard of, small fry. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, because everywhere in HR is going tech-oriented, and rightly so, but we wanted to talk a bit about why the human touch should always be part of hiring decisions. So why can't we just leave it to a bot or AI, Dean? Well, I think there's certain things that technology is great for, uh, and that's automating process and streamlining that process of making things faster. But there's lots of things that technology is just really bad at. And, you know, anything to do with empathy or understanding of, you know, human nature is particularly um, poor out. Now, we hear a lot about AI and machine learning, but there's lots of buzzwords and marketing that's being pushed around that. And I don't think that's being helpful right now. You know, people are getting wary of that type of, um, uh, those type of words. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's plenty of places where technology can be be a great enabler and Mm -hmm. in other places where it's just not um, useful at all. Absolutely. So so what are a couple of things where AI or machine learning or just tech in general has been helping with hiring decisions? So I think, you know, straight from the uh, the offset, when you're when a candidate is applying for a role, there's obviously, you know, questions that you can ask that, that candidate. And the response to that, those questions can uh, take the candidate down specific uh, routes. So, for example, if they're applying for a job in the UK and they don't have the right to work in the UK, then obviously that's what we would call a killer question and it kind of stops yeah. the, the process going any further. So you're saving the candidate time, but you're also saving the uh, the recruit and the hiring manager time too. Likewise, if they're applying for a role where they need to drive and they haven't got a driving license, then it makes no sense to, to continue the process. But there's lots of other places which are less uh, visible or straightforward to think about, but such as interview scheduling, looking at calendars for you know the hiring managers uh, in real time and then proposing suitable slots to the candidate there and then and they can choose those uh, those appropriate um, dates and times. Yeah, I've heard about kind of bots on email arranging interviews and people not realising that they're speaking to machine learning or to a programme basically. Yeah, I mean, when the subject matter is quite small and defined, it's really um, quite powerful and it does come across as though you're interacting with a, with a human. It's when you start to expand what you're trying to get that bot to do, then it starts to fall, fall down. So when you take a nice narrow niche like let me organised um, interview scheduling, then uh, it's a perfect uh, position to use that type of technology. And so what are the things where we're saying the human touch needs to remain? Is that an interview stage, for instance, or is it a, another part of the decision-making process? Because it, it almost seems like a an obvious thing. So of course, a human should be involved. But is there more to it than what meets the eye initially? Well, again, it depends on the organisation. I mean, if you're a, a, an SME and you're recruiting a handful of people, then putting automation in place probably isn't a good idea. 
Um, but if as you become larger or more technical in uh, the type of roles that you need to uh, recruit for, then automation and the technology make a lot more sense. So we're seeing video interviewings are replacing the first face-to-face. And there's lots of evidence that show that not only is it more cost-effective, both for the employer and the candidate, it actually enables candidates that wouldn't typically be shortlisted to the next um, phase be found and shortlisted. So, you know, their CV may be very two-dimensional, may not say a lot about them, but when they present themselves in a, uh, a video and their personality comes across, then, you know, you, you can see that spark of energy and, and uh, attitude in that individual, and that can make all the difference. I'm really liking that. I really like the idea that somebody who might not be able to make a certain day or travel to a certain place can still have that interview, at least at that stage, um, and be considered. I think that's really important. Is there a, a, an accessibility angle in that as well? Yeah, I mean, the whole, I mean, we've had one client that they are, as part of the graduate scheme, they had uh, 700 uh, applicants uh, for that one role, and they pushed out video interviewing uh, technology to those 700. And what that enabled them to do is a recruit, uh, reduce their costs, uh, and they estimated that to be around about eighty-five thousand pounds as compared to doing the face-to-face wow. interviews. But they they yeah. estimate that the candidates themselves saved around thirty-five thousand pounds by not travelling or losing, you know, a day's work to actually go to uh, an interview. And again, when you come to that accessibility piece, it's all about you know, well, actually, in some situations, it's just difficult and expensive for certain individuals to get to a specific location for a face-to-face. Whereas a video interview, I just need a laptop, I can sit at home and do it whenever I want to or whenever it's appropriate or best for me to do. Yeah, so that's a video as opposed to a, a like a Skype call, isn't it? Correct, yeah. The, the okay. Skype is, is real-time, you know, and it's two-way, but video can be asynchronous by nature, i.e. you push that candidate some questions and they answer at their leisure wherever they want and it could be on a mobile device or it could be on a laptop and um and they can even answer question one and then come back to it at you know a later date and, and answer question two three and four i really like that i'm quite excited by that idea but is there a point at which some people don't come across that well on video and therefore that's a stumbling block well, I don't come very across very well on video. So, um, yeah, it would be a stumbling block for me. Um, <laughs> Just as well we're doing an audio recording yeah. today. <laughs> so, uh, I think there's, you know, there's certain people that don't like to be in front of a camera, and I'm most definitely one of those type of people. But, you know, the technology is so advanced now that what you can do today is you can anonymize the video interview. And you think, like, well, how do you do that? Well, actually, you can... You can take the audio from the video and you can transcribe it into text. And then what that allows you to do is show the hiring manager or the recruiter the text of what that individual said, but not necessarily the video. So you're enabling that unconscious or conscious bias to be removed, but you're also enabling certain individuals that don't come across 
well in video, but they have something great or pertinent to say, be found. That all sounds great, Dean. And and does that help uh, people make a decision quicker when they're hiring? Yes. I mean, years ago, you had the situation where when you would apply for a role, you'd you'd update your CV, you'd print it out, you'd send it through the post. I'm sure my age now, by the way. And then you would probably be able to apply for a handful of roles per day. Today, it's not unheard of for applicants to apply for tens, if not many tens of jobs in a single afternoon. Now, the, the flip side to that is recruiters are being inundated with job applications. So it's not unheard of for you know a job to have three, four, five hundred people apply for every single role. So you've got this tsunami of data coming to the recruiter and they need to to shortlist and sift that two, three, four hundred um, cohort of applications into a shortlisted set of 10, 15 that they can actually send off to the hiring manager review. Now, if you did that in a traditional manual way, it would just take an age. But leveraging technology enables you to actually get down to that that shortlisted set of candidates quicker, but also enabled you to get a better representation of candidates that would be suitable for that role. So, so you know, there's certain things that you look at, so skill set, experience, salary expectation, qualifications, um, roles that they've had past, you know, how far they went to travel, that type of stuff, that kind of help you identify um, which individuals would be suitable for that role that you're actually applying for. Very cool. Now, if I'm a, a hiring manager in, in let's say, a medium-sized company, um, and I want to start being able to use technology to help me in my next kind of intake, what are just a couple of key things that I can try and look for or make sure I do? Well, there's plenty of technology out there today that will make life easier for even the smallest of organisations. But the obvious candidates there would be, you know, some sort of applicant tracking process that will help you move candidates through your workflow that you define for that role. And the important bit there is each role should be different because hiring for, you know, a chief financial officer should be different to hiring for somebody who's working in the warehouse on the night shift. So although both roles are really important for your organization, you need to ask different things and you need to ask it in a a different way uh, in order to get the best candidates go through that process. And then video interviewing is, you know, becoming readily affordable today. You know, it's, you you can um, get candidates to do uh, video interviews for significantly less than you could do a face-to-face. We're big proponents of, you know, leveraging that type of technology. And I think then it's about understanding what type of person that, that would fit best in your organization more than technology. I think technology is not the be-all and end-all of, of it. You know, as a technology provider, I would 
definitely state that technology is just one component. You need to understand how you're going to use that that technology to get actually the best from it. Because if your process is bad, you, all you're going to do with technology is speed up a bad process, and that's not efficient or effective. Yeah, I think that's a really great point at which to end is bringing it back to that human touch point and that human reason for needing somebody in your in your in your organization most definitely people first absolutely thank you so much dean and where can we find out more about the kind of information you've been talking about today so our blog's on our website tripad.com and we've got a twitter account which is tripad and there's plenty of information there about this and other technology and information that we're working with and on and uh would love your readers to have a look. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you.